0: You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Greetings, beloved. Welcome to another edition of Doctrine and Duty. The scripture is 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now, we as Southern Baptists uh, hold to a complementarian view, and what that means is that men and women are created equal. We are co-equal before God. We can all, men and women men and women can be saved. They can all serve the Lord. Um, yet there's a difference. There's a distinction. Men are men. Women are women. And uh, men, we believe, are the ones who should occupy the position of pastor. Now, this... Um, this issue has come to light over the last few years with a rise in the new feminism. And so much so that a couple of Southern Baptist conventions ago, there was a a whole issue on one of the, probably the most popular female speakers, um, maybe even ever uh, Beth Moore. And she attended the Southern Baptist convention and there was a breakout session and there was a, a little interview and she participated in that panel and a lot was said, and there were a lot of comments made, and yet, despite what seemed to be many trying to accommodate uh, Miss Moore, she still recently uh, chose to leave the Southern Baptist Convention. And, and obviously, that is her uh, option, and I'm not commenting on whether she should or should not, whether she felt like she should or should not. I just know that she did. Um, so, uh, as as that is kind of in the background, there's been more and more of a discussion of women in the ministry. And so much so that it was brought to light uh, about a month ago that uh, one of the largest, maybe even the largest Southern Baptist church uh ever, Saddleback Church in California, pastored by Rick Warren, uh had an ordination service where they ordained three women as pastors. Now, that is that's that goes directly against not a resolution. Resolutions are yearly resolutions we hopefully get them right, but we've certainly got them wrong in our history. Uh, of Southern Baptists, but resolutions are that. We we make them as individuals you know, at the end of December or the beginning of January of each year. It's things that capture what we think we should do about certain things going on in our culture. However, the issue of men and women in the ministry and only men being pastors, it's clear in the Scripture, and also it is clear in the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 statement, which is our statement of faith as Southern Baptists. So, If a church chooses to ordain women, which they certainly may choose to ordain women, at that point, they forfeit their right to stay in the Southern Baptist Convention. That is my opinion. If if it is not the opinion of the Southern Baptists, then I'm not sure why we have a statement of faith. But it should be. That is a part of our statement of faith. Well, recently, uh, we had a presidential election at the Southern Baptist Convention. And it has been reported, and there are YouTube videos, of some questionable— preaching um, habits of our new president, who is whose name is Ed Litton. Uh, some believe that his wife has co-preached with him at his church. Um, if that is the case, if, and, and I'm not sure how to interpret YouTube videos and things such as that, but if that is the case, then that would put him on the same level as Rick Warren's church, and that would put them all at odds with the Baptist faith and message. And so if it is so, Uh, that his wife has co-preached some sermons with him. Um, That's a huge issue. First of all, he is the leader of the Southern Baptist Convention. It would be very odd, very detrimental for the leader, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, to go against the Baptist faith and message that churches and pastors and messengers and members hold very dear. Uh, The other thing I want to speak about is the presidential election at the Southern Baptist Convention. It was decided, it was set that the the office of president would be voted on at a certain time. Now, I realized leading up to the convention, there was some controversy, and again, I don't understand it, with Jeff Stone. And then the other controversy was the uh, possibility of Ed Litton's wife uh, co-preaching some sermons with him at their church. Those are the two controversial issues, and um, the vote was announced, and over 16,000 messengers, and many of them voted. Maybe, you know, Obviously, the great majority of them voted uh, for the office of president. Well, Southern Baptist bylaws says that whoever becomes the president of the Southern Baptist convention, they have to win by at least a 50.1 uh, percent percentage. Well, when you have four people running for president, it's highly unlikely that anyone is going to get over 50 percent of the vote, which happened. Uh, the vote was split four different ways. No one had over 50 percent of the vote. So um, that information was given to us later the afternoon. And and again, uh, you know, throughout the day, people have commitments, people. There were other conferences. There were breakout sessions. Lunch had to be eaten, consumed, people with families, et cetera. And so they announced the results of the election of the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And then they immediately decided to tell us that we were about to vote on the runoff. Well, that's problematic. When you've got a couple of guys who who have both have some little bit of controversy leading up to the convention, Um, it it seems that even if that hadn't been the case, that there would have been great lengths gone to to let everyone know when the second vote would take place. And so in my opinion, it was not right at all for them to announce the fact that they were going to have a runoff between two candidates, Ed Litton and Jeff Stone, and then to immediately go right into that election. Um, Quite possibly... The multiple thousands of people who were not there for the runoff election, uh, maybe they were folks who were frustrated over the possible moderate to leftward leaning of um, someone who might allow um, his wife to co preach with him. Now, I, I say all that not to disparage anyone. I've tried to mention everyone's names. I'm not talking against anyone, I'm giving information. The names I mentioned are Jeff Stone, Ed Litton. Beth Moore. I did all did not mention uh, Al Mohler. Al Mohler was also a presidential candidate, uh, and I voted for Al Mohler, and I wish he had won. I think he was the most—I um, think he was the, the president who could have really uh, brought some things together for the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, as a result of leaving the Southern Baptist Convention, yes, we made a strong statement against abortion. Yes, we made a strong statement against um, uh, against racism, yet we did not mention the words critical race theory, which many believe we should have mentioned that theory. Uh, we did not, and that was a struggle for many. <clears throat> and then there was the issue of the presidency and even the the potential issue with the president itself. So I, I came away with the convention encouraged but discouraged. I came away enlightened, but then also confused. I am not sure of what's going on in the Southern Baptist Convention. I saw many things that I was extremely disappointed in. One of the things I think I was mostly disappointed in was leadership um, at different levels. I saw frustration. Uh, I saw a lack of transparency, accountability, and clarity. I was disappointed by leaders of, and since I've called names, I will mention entities. I was, I was disappointed in the leadership uh, comments and what I saw on the stage from the leaders of uh, the North American Mission Board, Kevin Ezell, um, the International Mission Board, Paul Chipwood; the Executive Committee, uh, Ronnie Floyd, uh, the Resolutions Committee, James Merritt. Um, even, there was even a sense of frustration with our former president, J.D. Greer, in the proceedings. Now, I know it was a difficult uh, convention. I know there's a lot going on and more people than hardly you know, than, than ever before, so to speak, in, in many years, and I know many people wanted to speak, and there were many amendments, and there were many resolutions, and many amendments to those resolutions, and many motions, and many amendments to those motions, yet there were several numerous things that could have been handled differently, and handled better. We as Southern Baptists, we must maintain the highest of standards. We must be accountable to God and to the churches and to the members of those churches, we must be accountable uh, to the law and what the law of the land is. Uh, uh, what the law of the land is, considering um, the uh, sexual abuse and things such as that, and then we have to follow what the Word of God says. We should not, um, we should not cater to our current culture, whether it is um, critical race theory. Whether it is the new feminism, whether it is the old reestablished liberalism, leftward leanings uh, of the convention, we must hold fast to the Word of God. And um, you know, I've pretty much I think I began this series by saying I've always been a Southern Baptist. I am one, and I plan on continuing to be one. Yet at this point, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed and it's my prayer that we will all work together to make the Southern Baptist Convention a better convention than it currently is. Well, listen, this uh, this fulfilled the wish of many people. Many people told me, I wish your podcasts were longer. Well, this one is twice as long. I hope you've enjoyed it. I love you, and um, be encouraged. I never want to share these things and, and leave someone with like, oh no, this is terrible, this is horrible. It's not terrible, it's not horrible, because God is on his throne. God rules and reigns. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And for those who are saved, we get to go to heaven when we die. And while we're on planet Earth, we have every resource we need to live victoriously. So, woo, hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.